Hour number two of Overtime, Fan Run Radio. It's Jake Miller alongside Davis Rangy, producer Matthew, intern Bryson. Back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Westchester will lead us off to start hour number two. What do you say, Westchester? Long time no talkie. How we doing? Uh, man, uh, basketball's bad, baseball's good, NASCAR is still NASCAR. Uh, baseball run rule somebody today, right? Uh, we're in progress. Of it. We're up 22-1 to 1 at the bottom of the sixth. Okay, so we're not quite there yet. But. Right. Um, guys, I'm calling a little uh, public service announcement to kind of keep make people aware of what's going to probably happen that, that, that may not see things as, as, as I do. Okay. Um, Tennessee's last basketball game of the regular season is at Auburn, and if we're going to be honest, it's a loss. I don't think anybody here is arguing with that. So we've uh... – you know, Westchester, I used to be diehard, like, love this basketball team, loved everything about it, loved everything related to basketball. And that's that's just me, Westchester. I love the game of basketball. I love the University of Tennessee. But what I'm seeing right now, I, Westchester, it's hard to watch. There's a there's a good chance that that's a 4-5 battle uh, for, for seeding, and we get the 5. And w- if that happens, we're going to lose Auburn again in Nashville on Friday. And that's a place that we do not play well at. Oh, when's the last time we won there? Does anyone know? We made it to the finals against Auburn and I think Kentucky was the same venue. I think they were both in Nashville. No, I mean at Auburn. Oh, at Auburn? Yeah, when's the last time we won at Auburn? Oh, God. Before, before Pearl got there. I was going to say, that's been a while, man. And, guys, to top off, to top off the season, that tournament committee – they're going to do anything and everything that they can. Whether it's first or second round, there will be a Tennessee-UNC-Drew Pembroke matchup in that first or second round, and he's going to drop 40 of us put us out. You know, if that actually happens, and you have Drew Pember matched up against Olivier, you have him matched up against Euros, and he comes out and has the game of his life, there's going to be a lot of people looking at Rick Barnes like, what in the hell were you doing? And keep in mind, Westchester – you know, Drew Pember, he went to Bearden High School. He went to high school five miles down the road from where yeah. he wanted to play college basketball. Uh-huh. And we couldn't keep him. Didn't want him. I mean, that's the thing is didn't want him. Didn't want a lot of these guys that have transferred out. That's just like uh, Justin Powell, for example. Averaged almost 12 points a game before he got here. Averaged, I think, two to four when he was here. And now that he's transferred out again, he's averaging what he was at Auburn. Victor Bailey, Devontae Gaines, Quentin DeBoonje. I mean, the list goes on. DJ Bones. DJ Burns. DJ Burns. Coley Walker. Oh, didn't Walker. he get a game winner the other night? Yep. Yep. Derek Walker had a game tying to go to overtime, and they ended up winning against Maryland. Guys, I think baseball's going to be okay. Tony, uh, Coach B warned us before the season that – I'm not on a first-name basis with him, so I apologize for saying, for saying Tony. But Coach B warned us before the season that uh, his pitching was there, but his hitting was uh, – it dropped off a little bit. It was going to take a little bit of time to get there, so – you know, I think we'll be okay in the long run. That's what these uh, these meaningless uh, non-conference games are for, is to get your confidence up, and I think they did that today. And You know, they, they'll be okay in the long run. We just, uh, they're not last year's team, and uh, I just hope that, uh, I hope that we can keep them. I really do. I'm still, I'm still uh, waiting for those uh, concrete, uh, co- some concrete to move or some real, real solid plans about the baseball renovations besides just some pictures in the paper, because, uh, we don't we don't fix that stadium. We're gonna lose them. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep saying that till I till I die or it happens. 
Well, well, and you're and you're not wrong. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, we've made the promises, the money's been donated, you know, we got to have something moving. And I, I mean, I'm in the construction industry too. I understand how permits and stuff work and all that crap. Um, basically, someone with the government just has to push the pencil a little harder because that's all they do anyway. Um, yeah. But you know, I'm with you. I want to see major things happening. I want to see, you know, things of the baseball team. I want them to stay where they are. But, I mean, Westchester, you understand this. Bryson, you played the game. Baseball is a weird sport. And, you know, Westchester, you remember those Serrano teams, sometimes they go 18-2 and two to start the year, but then not yeah. even make the postseason. Uh, last thing that I'll get out of here is, um, despite the, the success of uh, football and allegedly basketball, um, if we lose Tony V in two years because for any reason other than, you know, uh, cause – is that a fireball offense for Danny White? Absolutely. Hmm. I go I with absolutely, yeah. Unless he gets an MLB job, I mean. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. hard to turn that down. And nobody would be upset about that no. because those guys, if you are a manager at MLB level, you will, I mean, you'll make money. Because I think about it, the reason I say that it is, is for those people who listen to me, I'm crazy as I, like, as I, as I always do, uh, We've shown that we can win, and we've shown that we can generate a little bit of revenue, and we can have some fan excitement, and we can have some success. We can have some national recognition of our program, and we'll let that coach get away. If he went to Arkansas, yeah, if he went to Arkansas when Dave Van Horn retires, I would be livid. Yeah. Anything besides going back to Missouri, I can probably give him that. But, guys, thanks. Have a good show. Love you guys. Appreciate the phone call, Westchester. (laughs) Hickman said, uh, Tennessee baseball scored 15 in an inning tonight. Tennessee basketball dropped 19 in the first half on Saturday. God. What was that stat that it said, like, Heifel scored 21 points in the first half, like nine out of the ten games or something crazy stat like that? Well, I mean, when you go back to the Auburn game, you know, our football team outscored the basketball team how many times this year? Multiple. Multiple, Multiple times. Yeah. Well, let, me I mean, the, let me look at that. First up. game. 46, right? Yeah. 46-43, W. Uh, so, first game we scored more. Florida, we had 38, correct? The second correct. game, the third game we had more. Who was the fourth 63, game? So we scored 63 Definitely or more 66. Definitely more Alabama. Yeah, Akron. Alabama, Akron. Akron. Mizzou. So, yeah, Mizzou. Vanderbilt. Uh, okay. 59, 34, 63, 52, 65, 44, 13, 66, 38, 56. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Seven times you scored more than 40. Oh, but, but touchdowns count more points. You don't get as many of them, though. Exactly. Just like in baseball. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know what, man? You know what? What? You know what? I don't know what. Yep. I still can't believe it beat Clemson like that. Real talk. It was a great game. That was beautiful. It was. That and the Bama game. I mean, nothing's going to pass Bama game for me, but Clemson, like, that's one of my favorite games since I've been alive. That's saying a lot. Well, and, you know, a lot of us teared up. A lot of us cried after the Alabama game. And... <laughs> I did. I, I was straight. right there with you, buddy. Oh, my God. I did, too. I, I was right there next to him, man. I, I knew it was over when he missed the kick. Will Reichard. Hey, man, he called this on the fumble, though. He called this with, what, 7.56 left in the game? He's sitting with me during the Bama game. I turned him. I said, yep. I said, we're going to end up. We're going to score. 
we're going to tie it up, then they're going to do something crazy, and we're going to go down and win the game. Something crazy is going to happen, we're going to go down and win the game. I mean, you got to think, that was 15 years of frustration ended. Take it away in 15 seconds. Exactly. 15 years ended. 15 years of misery gone. So, Even if we had won a national title, I don't think I would have felt as happy, mm-mm. as joyous, as relieved as I did on that night. Just didn't hit the same. I mean, another's going to hit the same as that. I mean, literally on the field, tearing down the goalpost. I mean, standing on that field and looking around, I don't know how you play in that environment. It's amazing. I don't know. Ask Ramel Keaton. He got a good look. Oh, no. Ramel was just in a daze after that game. He didn't even know where he was. Just taking (laughs) selfies with everybody. Just wasn't even happy. Just, yep. So I don't know Bryson has never seen the infamous picture. We got to show. Oh, we got to show you this. I'll one. show you during the break. But uh, did we talk about this? What do y'all think should happen with uh, Nate Oates? So, he should be fired. Well, I think I think Brandon Miller should be suspended. Suspended? Least. I think. Well, he should be kicked off be, the he, team. Yes, Nate Oates should be suspended indefinitely. Yes. Most likely fired after yes. the season. I mean, if you're giving someone a gun that leads to a murder, that's I think. I don't want to say the technical term. I'm not a lawyer here, but I think that's pretty much accessory to motor, if I'm not mistaken. So to not even to make to let this guy play in the game tomorrow and basically say that you ended practice on prayer and that everything's fine now, wrong place, wrong time. You know, he created the wrong place, wrong yes, time. Here's exactly. the Houston made a really good point this morning. It's like everything that has been said behind closed doors about the situation. Nate Oates probably wasn't supposed to say that, but he said it anyway. Yep. And that almost looked worse than just coming out and saying, yeah, Brandon Miller had a part in this. Because, I mean, when you block the car in that is the one that got shot into. Yeah, it's wild. You. Yeah, yeah, we knew about this. And the guy had bullet holes in his car. Yeah, the fact is is he said he knew about it. Oh, yeah. And now they covered it up. Ah, no big deal. Just sweep it on the rug. They sweep everything and bam under the rug. This I mean, is new. This is new to basketball though. This has been going on football for years. years. No telling what's been going on oh, behind no the scenes. Years in football. So that, I think Nate Oates really uh, maybe should have just called Saban and asked how to handle it. Because Saban probably knows how. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no telling. I mean, it, they probably legit get away with murder. I mean, think about it, man. I mean, so it's so we all unanimously agree that. NATO should be suspended indefinitely and or fired. Like Will Wade. Yes. During the middle of the season. Yeah. Yes. And should their program be shut down like New Mexico State? Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, I that's the thing. Three guys on the team are involved with them in a murder. If you do a full blown investigation into that. Yeah, you shut down the program. Yes. I mean, if you kick those three guys off the team, well, obviously Darius Miles is locked up. He didn't do anything anyways. But uh, Brandon Miller and Jaden Bradley, you throw them two off the team, you're, you're, you're trash anyway. Yeah. Might as well just shut down the season, Might but they'd well. never do that. Here's my question. You're probably going to be the number three overall pick in the draft. You're going to be the first collegiate player drafted. Correct. Victor Wimbanyama and Scoot, Scoot, Henderson, Scoot Henderson are going to yeah. be the first two players drafted. Why not just go go turn around and go home? Yep. Use, That's all you have to do. Brain. Honestly, man. If, do anything if, to avoid that situation. If I'm getting shot at, first of all, and I'm a number three draft pick, I don't have time for this. I'm yeah. going home. I'm going home and trying to opt out for the rest of the year. Like you're about to walk into, in, in a few months, you're going to walk into generational wealth. What, what, you almost died that night. Yeah, my thing is, yeah. my thing is, why would you not use that to say, hey, man, somebody just asked you for a gun. Hmm, I wonder what's going to happen with um, this. Hmm, what's going to happen with a gun? Let me just conveniently hey, lo- park my car <laughs> hey, right here. Hey, load a gun. I wonder what's going to happen when someone says, oh, there's some 
beef going on, and we need your gun. Hmm, wonder what's going to happen after that. Yeah, use your brain. Yes, common sense, man. Use your brain. Brain cells are meant to be used. Well, and in the state of Alabama, uh, the rule with handguns is as long as you are 18 years of age, you can carry a gun. Well, then the, uh, then the, what do you call it, the DA or whatever come out or the, uh, the DA. Yeah, the DA came out, or the sheriff or whatever, said they they didn't have any evidence to file against, uh, you know how that, you know what happens there? The FBI gets involved. They're in a mess. The DOJ too. gets involved. Did you see that? The, uh, the district attorney, uh, graduated from Bama, by the way. Of course he did. Yep. All right, man. It's, I mean, it's all a scheme down there. There you go. There's, there's, a, there's an eye open. What you there's call... no telling what kind of destruction of evidence has happened in this oh, case. Oh, God. Do you think God. the police does it? The police knew the second it happened. Yeah. He knew, they knew before Nate Oates, and yes. they probably told him before we went public. To take a shot at Nate Oates, though, real quick, the fact that all this has come out over the last 48 hours, and he allowed Brandon Miller to get on the plane and fly to Columbia, South Carolina, to play tonight, says a lot about... Well, they're probably going to suspend him anyway because of the pressure that they're about to. So, do you want do you want Nate Oates still? No, no. I, I, I honestly, I take Chris Beard because at least those charges are dismissed. Hey, that, that's not as uh, they're serious, but he didn't he didn't murder anybody. Yeah, he didn't murder anyone. I mean, yeah. we're talking about somebody that lost their life. Yes. And that the twenty-three year old woman lost yeah, her mo- life. It was a mother too, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, she's a mother. Yeah. So. So now those children have to grow up without their mother. Yep. That's oh, and it was Miles Darius Miles' mom like a cop too? She was a police officer. I didn't know she that. Is. I, I didn't know that at all. I think that is. Was the, it like the D.C. area or something like that? Yeah. I heard yeah. the same thing. That sounds right. I thought you meant like in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, no. I thought, yeah, I thought you meant there. I mean, that would have been real shady. So she probably works for Metropolitan Police Department. Darius Miles. Oh. Well, you look up Darius Miles, it comes up with the NBA player. Yeah, and mother, mother of murder victim. Oh, no, this is about the murder victim. I mean, it's. It's just the whole situation is disgusting. I mean, get a grip on your program, man. Like, suspend someone. The AD, the fact that the nice. AD hasn't suspended anyone or even come out and made, I, did he make a statement? Has the AD of Alabama made a statement on this? Um, the, I don't know. Wait, hold on. Someone did from Alabama. Give me a second. Trey Wallace tweeted it out before we got on the show. Well, my thing is. Hold on. The AD, the AD at this point could be this could be fired. Here you go. University of Alabama Athletics continues to cooperate fully with law enforcement in the ongoing investigation of this tragic situation. Based on all the information we have received, Brandon Miller is not considered a suspect in this case, only a cooperative witness. Today's statement from Brandon's lawyer adds additional context that the university has considered as part of its review of the facts. Based on all the facts we have gathered, Brandon remains an active member of our team. So you're telling me a man who gave a loaded gun that led to the death of a woman is a cooperative... Cooperative witness, yes. A cooperative uh, witness that didn't call the cops when the shooting happened. Bryson, if I if you text me and you say, hey, bring my gun, this guy's talking bleep, I bring you the gun, loaded, and you go and you kill somebody... Y'all both going to jail. I'm both going to jail. We're both getting locked up. While you sit there and watch it. You, yeah. You, he just While I block the person in. Yes. Yeah, you were accessory to a murder of what he committed. So, yes, mm-hmm. he killed a person, but you are the one who gave him to commit the murder. But I'm not an Alabama athlete. Nah. <sighs> if it was uh, Billy Job Bo or whoever to walk on, he'd be kicked off the team. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if this happened here? Mm. Oh, man. Well, National media. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched ESPN today. Has it been on ESPN at all? They've mentioned it last night. Um, but they mentioned it a little bit. Not, no, I mean, if it was Tennessee, if this was a uh, uh, Zakai Ziegler shooting some 
some woman and uh, Triple J bought him the gun. Like, yeah, we'd never hear all about it. it. Yeah, they they'd ask us to forfeit the rest of our season. Yep. And then we'd have to come in and talk about that. Imagine having to do that radio show. Well, as uh, as Roboto said, might as well cancel the season. And Bama fans will. Uh, Praise Brandon Miller. They've they've done everything to. Oh, the barstool him. Bama account. Oh, yes. That was. I saw that tweet. The guy who quote tweeted oh that. Gosh. He's exactly right because it's insane how that they can they can just walk they can sweep under the rug. What uh, what is the guy named Jermaine Bolton did? Not even care about that anymore now. Now I want somebody to just come in on the motor and oh, let's just sweep uh, under the rug. Their uh, Twitter header is a picture of Brandon Miller. Um, Not a good look, guys. That was the the tweet from today. They already deleted. It. You can't wait for this guy yeah, to have forty, 40. tonight. Yep. And all the quote tweets are insane. What, Dude is going to light it up in the league in the jail league with Henry Ruggs and Darius Miles. Oh. I saw one that was like uh, fake. Bob said assist shooters on and off the court. <laughs> uh, That's fake. Bob. I saw. I saw. I think a reply was like he won't have. It was something about, like, he won't have 40, 40 shots on the court, but 40 shots off the court. This game is going to be a shootout. <laughs> it is a good time to go to break. John Dunn of the All Ball Calling Show is joining us next right here on Fan Run Radio. Back here on Overtime, Fan Run Radio, Jake Miller, alongside Davis Ringy, producer Matthew, intern Bryson, John Dunn of the All Ball Calling Show and All Ball Podcast is up. What do you say, John? Gentlemen, how y'all doing this afternoon? This evening, I should say, I guess. How y'all doing? Doing all right, man. Just trying to process everything that we witnessed last night, you know, during the game and then even after the game. You know, some of the things that just chat me, man. Number one, Rick Barnes, and you know I've supported the guy. You've supported the guy. You've probably supported him more than I have. But here recently, you and I have been more critical, a lot more critical, I should say, of what's going on with our basketball program. And the one thing that chapped me was when I heard his quote in the postgame presser, and he said, well, I don't necessarily think you can blame that one possession at the end. I think we need to look back at a couple more possessions earlier in the game. And it's like, well, Man, you put yourself in that situation. It was your job to go and execute a play, draw something up that could help you in that situation with 17 seconds to go. And instead, we waste seven seconds trying to get the ball across the floor and then for Sky Ziegler to just pull up and shoot that three. Probably a terrible shot, but you know what was he supposed to do? He's getting no guidance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's 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 wild that it came down to this sort of situation because just a couple of weeks ago, I actually laid out a situation just like this. You know, I talked about how Rick Barnes, <clears throat> almost this exact situation, uh, Tennessee down, needing a bucket, but in the scenario I laid out, they didn't have any timeouts. And this, you know, in real life, they did. Um, you know, just how he kind of lets his guys go because in that situation, you know, say you don't have any timeouts, what are you going to do, right? Well. We saw last night, and obviously there's work to be done. Next time, call the timeout. We should know now that they need that timeout. This isn't the same team that in the past you could just turn loose, and they're going to know like right away. They just don't have that guy. 
And, you know, Jake, I mean, you and I both have, and I would say anybody listening right now really has fallen victim to this. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't in terms of um, you can you can praise them all day long and then you pump sunshine and the first second you say anything negative about them, um, you know, it's it, you're just the worst thing that ever happened. So with Rick Barnes, I still, you know, I'm one million percent supportive. I want to see him retire from Tennessee years from now, not this year. I don't want to see him fired, nothing like that. However, it is time to start saying, hey, man, this is you can't treat this team the same way as you can the, the some of the teams of the past. Teams are different, and I think it's going to take him adjusting a little bit. This And I, I really don't want to use the words that I want to use, but, you know, again, coming back to it, the double-edged sword, I, I think this seems a little soft mentally, um, a, a lot softer than some of the teams of old. You know, I and I'm not talking about any specific player. I'm not going to mention anybody's name specifically, whatever. But this team as a whole seems a lot softer than the teams of the past. You know, I mean, I would put the Grant Admiral, you know, team up against this team and, and not have to worry about it at all. I mean, and, and that mentality is kind of spilling over into their play a little bit, um, especially on the interior. They're just squishy. You know, it's the SEC. It, you look at other conferences throughout college basketball. You look at, you know, your twos and ones there. They're really finesse guys, really quick, great shooters. Here in the SEC, it's all about bulk and interior. Yeah, there are some great guys. There are some great shooters. There's some great guards in the SEC. But it's all about that interior presence, just like it is in football. It's all about the trenches, man. Uh, and it's the same thing in basketball. And right now, Tennessee just doesn't have the Jimmys and Joes in the trenches to get it done. Uh, I mean, they've got the size. They just don't have the, the, the strength to back it up. Absolutely. And we're watching uh, some of the highlights behind us right now. I was trying to figure out when this play was. And it's actually with 2.30 left to go in the game. Vescovy's got the ball over on the wing. Toby Awaka is wide open. I mean, is it a cut? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He cuts to the basket, two hands in the air. Hey, I'm open. Give me the ball so I can slam this thing. And instead, we went on everybody to get back, and we just set it up from the top. He waited. Well, At the end of the day, yeah. it's a lack of vision. Um, you know, I will, I will highlight by saying this. You know, point guard isn't his natural position. Uh, he's a shooting guard, a two guard, three guard. That's uh, two guard. Well, two guard for sure. Um, that. But he has run the one, and right there, I mean, that's basketball 101. you got to keep your eyes up, uh, especially at that level. But, I mean, that's one play of, you know, probably a dozen that we can look back on and say, hey, that's, you know, that's a clearly an easy, easy bucket. Just, you know, again, it just goes – and I think that goes to show how little they look to feed the interior as well. Um, I, that's a big problem, man. But, I mean, you know, you can't say too much. You know, or you're, you're a nega ball or all that good stuff, man. So be careful. Tread lightly, gentlemen. Well, and apparently, like, you know, Josiah Jordan James, this got brought up last night uh, by Jimmy Dykes. And, you know, he was 100% a go for last night. Like, he could have played. And Jimmy Dykes watching him during warm-ups. And he even says on the broadcast, I don't know why he's not playing. He was 100% ready during warm-ups. Do you have any explanation for me, John, as to why he would just willingly sit out this game when your team is 20-7, and 9-5 and five in conference and at risk of not getting that double bye? I wish I did, man. And listen, anytime guys like you or I, Davis, anybody say anything, when we criticize, that does not mean that we don't support these guys, that we don't like them. I mean, obviously we're fans. We do this for a living, but we're also fans, right? Right. Um, but, I mean, just because we say things doesn't mean we don't don't still support them. We want the, we want the best out of them. But uh, in this situation, man, it's I, – I wish I had an explanation. I mean, honestly, uh, if – and, you know, I can say if I'm in his shoes, if I'm in his shoes. But I guess at the end of the day, uh, only he knows how, how you know, nagging the injury may be. But 
I was a little disappointed, if I'm being honest. I was a little disappointed that he didn't play. I was a little disappointed that Phillips didn't try to have a go. Um, I don't know if he's still a little tweaked, but I mean, at least try, you know. I, I, and you know, again, I, this is just my own personal perspective. I never played Division One basketball. I did play collegiate basketball, and you couldn't keep me off the court when, it, when it, you know, when I was able to go, even if I was, you know, forty percent. If I was forty-five percent, I was always trying to get in the game. I broke my dominant arm. My, I think it was my sophomore year, and had to miss like you know the tail end of my season. And I tried to. I learned everywhere in the world to play left-handed, so I could still get in and get some minutes. At least pass the ball around. I know I wasn't going to score, but at least so I could get in the game. My coach had to make me sit out of practice, etc. I mean, it's just I want to see more of that at the. I mean, in my, that's the second highest level of basketball that you get, realistically, unless you can't overseas basketball. So it's the highest level of basketball. I want to see some competitors. I want. I, I, everybody loves to win. I've said this. It's a Shorzy quote. I love it. Everybody loves to win. Give me a team of guys that hates to lose. That's what I need. That's what this university needs. There's a team of guys that hate to lose. And I guarantee you, Saturday against South Carolina, Triple J will be out there. I mean, it's just just sums up the mentality of this whole team. They're fake tough guys, man. You know, like they're they're ready to go against a crappy South Carolina team that's three and twelve or whatever in conference, but they're not ready to go against Texas A and M. They got a big game on the road. It's just I, they don't want the smoke, man. They're not ready for it. They you know, they cower up anytime they have a big dog against them. As much as I hate to agree with that, Davis, man, you're 100% right, in my opinion. I mean, it just looks like as the season goes on, it just, I don't know why. You know, it just doesn't make sense. You've got guys out here just talking all this talk, not doing anything to back it up. I mean, you've got guys listening too much to social media stuff. It's social media. There are people out there that will literally, I could go in right now, make an account to look like a big Florida fan and go in and just trash Florida. You know, look like an internal combustion kind of thing. It's fake. It's all fake. Twitter isn't real. And people also, I think, <laughs> this one's going to get a lot of people, but I think deductive reasoning and, and reading comprehension are skills that are long lost. Um, a lot of people will read two or three words out of a tweet and take that and completely misconstrue it as, as far as humanly possible. You could mention you know, player X, Y, Z, and then they'll talk about how you didn't mention player A, B, C, or, you know, you should have blah, 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 blah. It's, it's all fake. People just read too much into stuff, man. And that's players included. And, and it goes to the, the mentality that you're talking about, man. It's just, it, it's, it's all, it's all on display. I mean, it's, it's all out in the open, man. It's, this team needs to, to man up. That they do. And we're actually watching the final possession here that Tennessee had. <sighs> so, Davis, if you don't care, we rewind. We're going to walk through this yeah, yeah. Um, as a group. And, John, I know you've seen this a million times by this point. So, 17.1 left. Tennessee down three. Kumwa is going to inbound the ball to Tyreek Key. All right. Zakai Ziegler in this, in this situation, he's already running up the floor. Not a lot of sense of urgency. Then he comes back, gets the ball. You've wasted three seconds doing that. You don't get the ball across. Pause it. Don't 12. I'm trying to pause. I don't know how to do this. TV. I kept waiting for a timeout, honestly, right there, especially when that little bit of hesitation uh, on coming back to the ball. I expected a timeout, and honestly, I, I, I'm not trying to be defensive for any particular reason, but I think that's what Ziegler thought as well. If they were just going to inbound the ball and call a timeout. When I went back and looked, that's what it looked like to me, and then it was like, oh, well, okay, maybe I need to come back. So I think there's a little miscommunication between the players and the coaches, and I think that, again, is on display as well, but continue. And, you know, right here 
as he crosses half court. You've already wasted seven yep. seconds to get the ball across. Yep. And we're not set up to run anything. Mm-hmm. Rick Barnes is standing there with his hands on his hips, and then he just gives the motion with his right hand, like waving over his body saying, go. Justin Ganey's over here on the bench. He's just sitting there making the false start sign or whatever, just saying, go, 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 go. Because another thing we didn't mention, and I don't think we mentioned it this entire show, how many shot clock violations did we have last night? You, a lot. I don't know. Can you rewind yeah. that so I can see where the scabby uh, is in the court? He's in the corner, right corner, right next to Ziegler, not moving. I like to believe that they have something drawn up for that situation, especially given events of the past couple of weeks. Uh, and I'm, and I, again, I'm not trying to sunshine pump. This is just my thought. I, I also think that a lot of times in that situation, a coach, and I'm not even t- necessarily talking about just Barnes, but when this happens, I think a coach tries not to give the defense time to get set up especially in that situation. That's your last chance. So you really want the defense as on their heels as possible. That's the only way I can make heads or tails without calling a timeout there. I mean, Because, like I said, I, I thought when, when they had the hesitation uh, for Ziegler to go, you know, come back to the ball, I thought that they were going to call a timeout. And honestly, I think that's what he thought, too, is that they were just going to get a quick inbounds timeout, you know, get it up, inbounds it from what, the, uh, the sideline, maybe, uh, get it up the court a little ways, maybe inbounds it from the sideline, you know, hit a shooter straight out of the, the inbounds. Who knows? But uh, that's not what happened. Like if if you're gonna push it up, I sometimes I agree it's a situational wise you push it up and the defense's not ready. But at least do like a high pick and pop something. I mean we yeah. against Gonzaga a few years ago, an admiral caught fire and went insane. That that was the play that got him open. The Jordan Bone, Admiral Schofield high pick and pop, and he popped a three and put us up in the lead. Like that's you got to do something. There's no motion. You got Ziegler standing around and four guys just standing. There's no. Cut, no movement, five nothing. Out, five, five out. Five out. For no reason. And you have nothing going. Call timeout in that situation. Two, two, two or 12 worth, at that point? Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, he's one of two people I would like to have the ball in that situation. Uh, it's either him or Santi. I really don't see any other option right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless the ball's on the interior, uh, which it seems to never be. Uh, but, I mean, it has to be one of those two guys. And they just got – I think they got out of sorts and, and just rushed it. You know, that's, that's the tell of the tape over the past probably 11, 12 games. You look at their three-point field goal percentage especially and just how many shots they're just missing from long range. And that's that's really where Tennessee's losing these basketball games. They're just living and dying by the three-pointer and doing a lot more dying than living lately. Yeah, you know, we've mentioned this before, you know, wasting the talent. You know, you got guys that come in, their draft stock drops, and – we are talking earlier about Cameron Carr, J.P. Estrella, uh, Cade Phillips, those guys that are coming in. And, John, that might be the straw that breaks Campbell's back for me is if those guys come in and they're all underutilized because, I mean, there is talent coming in. There's yeah. there's no doubt about it. And this – seeing what we've done right now with B.J. Edwards, Freddie DeLeon, D.J. Jefferson, you know, three top 100 players, they're running your scout team. And I think we've had this conversation before, but, you know, man, if those guys come in here and they're underutilized and Rick Barnes does not do anything to develop those guys and he makes them play scared, that's going to be it for me. I mean, that that's going to be the final straw for me. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that in conversation. We've had some extended conversation about this off air and stuff. And, you know, that's something that you get with Rick Barnes year in, year out, especially, you know, the past little while it seems as – Good recruiting. That's something that you can pretty much rely on with him. Good recruiting, pretty pretty good regular season, right? We know where the quarrels are in March, uh, et cetera. 
But, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot, lot for me to be out on bars. I don't think I ever will be, honestly. And, you know, not to play devil's advocate necessarily, but what do you think about this? What if Barnes sees the difference in mentality with his three young guys that, you know, that we've talked about off air quite a bit also, and this team? What if he's like, hey, these guys are the real deal. These guys over here, and they're just keeping them down. I mean, what if, they're, if, if he's separating them on purpose so that it doesn't kind of spill over? You know what I mean? What if what if there's something more at work here? And, you know, with that incoming in uh, talent next year, I mean, it could parlay into a pretty good unit, um, given what he's already got on the roster, what could return next season. And, you know, I'm just, again, playing devil's advocate a little bit here. That's not necessarily what I think. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I routinely go to, to bat for Rick Barnes. But, dude, I've, I've said it the past couple of weeks, man. He looks like he's ready to spend some time with his grandkids. And I would not have the first issue with that. If he came out tomorrow and said, hey, this is going to be my last go. I've enjoyed my time. Tennessee's been awesome. I'm ready. I've got a family. I'm ready to go see them, you know, and all that good stuff. I would be just fine with that. I, I would be, you know, I would be elated that he ever came to Tennessee to begin with. I love the man to pieces. He's a great human being. I really want to see him go out on a high note, though. I'd like to see him make that Final Four at least one more time. So, But he looks like he's ready to retire, man. Absolutely. And jumping into a more serious uh, topic, John, you know, we've been talking about what's going on down at the University of Alabama right now and its basketball program and how factors have been played in a sense that it's like, well, maybe it's not just Nate Oates covering it up. Maybe it is Tuscaloosa PD. Maybe it's the district attorney who just so happens to be an Alabama grad. And when Nate Oates came out today, and or yesterday, excuse me, and made that statement, it almost made the situation worse because, like Houston Crest said this morning, it's almost like everything that was said behind closed doors, he just said in a press conference and he probably wasn't even supposed to say it. Yeah, the situation itself is just, I mean, at its core, horrendous. It's its an evil act, you know, uh, especially given the circumstances. Uh, I won't go into, you know, obviously I don't want to go into super detail here, but the whole Miller involvement situation. Now, um, I was just talking there uh, right before we come on air about the statement. You know, um, I was getting caught up to speed on the statement there, and that's pretty much standard issue what you expect from from the university. Um, but if Miller has been named a cooperative witness, that's much, much, much different than a suspect or an accessory or a facilitator to anything. Uh, so I think the verbiage is important there, first of all. Um, but all in all, at the very least, you cannot let this kid play. Um, just from the sheer view from the outside looking in, you cannot let him play. The, the situation in and of itself is bad enough. So the fact that you have not one but now two football players somehow involved with such a tragic and terrible situation, you cannot let him play basketball. Right? There is just no way. Whether he's innocent, guilty, no matter what, I mean, I'm not going to get into my personal views on this. I don't want to sound catty, you know, with it being Alabama, this and that. But, I mean, it's pretty it's, – it's all out in the open. Um, but you can't let the kid play. And I don't care what, you know, cliche release the university wants to let out. Like I said, pretty standard issue stuff that you expect. You can't let the kid play basketball, man. That's, 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 about, that's about as tone deaf as it gets, realistically. Right. And, you know, final thing, John, and we'll let you run – the thing that struck me the most is you are months away from generational wealth and you decide to get yourself involved in a situation like that. Someone texts you and says, Hey, I need my gun. 
if it's me, I'm going to the house. I'm going home. I'm doing anything and everything to get myself out of that situation. Me and you both. Uh, somebody texts me at 1 a.m. and says, hey, I need my gun. I'm going to say, hey, you need Jesus. Somebody texts me at 1 a.m. about no firearm. Come on. that's There is never a good – when has there ever been a good time for somebody to text someone about a, a firearm, let alone a sidearm or something else like that, late at night? When is that ever a good thing? Call of Duty, maybe. Possibly. You know? I mean <laughs> – talking, talking about some weapon skins or something like that. But, you know, real-life applications of firearms – that is, it's absurd to me, man. I, I, it's like digging for, you know, you're digging for gold and you come up on a septic tank and you come up on some gold and choosing to go with a septic tank. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like you have every opportunity in front of you to be anything you want to be, to have everything you want to have, to set your family up, set your friends up. It just, it never made sense to me, man. Never has. But I mean, we'll see how the situation plays out, but it just does not look good right now for Alabama at all. John, we appreciate you coming on. Tell us where to find your stuff, and tell us about the new edition of the All of All podcast. Yeah, so fan-run listeners will probably appreciate that version a little bit more, so we'll start with that. Uh, We recently decided, due to some, I guess, results of some games and such, that we just wanted to get our actual personal thoughts out there. So a lot of the time, you know, here on Fan Run, on the All of All call-in show, things like that, we have to maintain a certain level of professionalism uh, that we necessarily don't have to maintain off the air. So basically, we've started up the Off-Ball Podcast Unfiltered, which you get the on-air, the off-air takes, but on-air. Um, there is some very, very harsh language, so I will go ahead and warn anybody, it's very explicit. If you do cho- uh, choose to go down this rabbit hole, it is a very filthy rabbit hole. Um, it is very, very explicit, and it is not for everybody. However, we still have the... G-rated podcast. We still have the G-rated live shows, articles, and all that good stuff as well, which you can find at allballcallinshow.com. You can find all the other stuff at Facebook. Just search up All Ball Call-In Show, and you can find me on Twitter at JXHNDUNN, all smashed together, and that's if they don't block me, sir, for making some not-so-bad comments, I guess. I mean, that happens to the best of us. If you tune in to the All Ball podcast unfiltered you might hear me on there screaming eventually john thank you so much man we'll do it again next week it's always a pleasure gentlemen and i always appreciate y'all thank you that is john dunn of the all of all Colin show and all of all podcast making his presence felt here on the big orange phillies phone line stay with us more of your phone calls coming up Final segment of overtime. It's Fan Run Radio. It's Jake Miller. It's Davis. It's Matthew. It's Bryson. It's you. And back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. Martin is next. What do you say, Martin? Jake. Martin. I want everybody to know it's less than a month to go to spring practice. Yeah, we're getting about that time, ain't we, Martin? Yes. Bring some excitement to the show. Something positive. Yes. And Jake? Yes. I want you to know, they said this one new sentinel that the Dodgers took the cheap way out. Uh-huh. But they picked up Noah Syndergaard, JT Martinez, David Prestrella, Jason Hayward, Alex Reyes, and, 
and Chubby Miller. Uh, that's a that's a good addition to the Dodgers. I mean, that's the thing is you can say they're taking the cheap way out all you want, but I mean, that's a pretty good lineup. Yes, that's who they got. Six they've got or seven so far signed free agents and in trades. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a star. That's a star-studded lineup. You got a lot of all-stars on that team. You got guys that have won World Series yes. before. And I mean, yes. let's call it the Dodgers are never going to cheap out on anything. Yes. Yes. Well, I just want to tell you that and tell you, tell you think my Dodgers won't be there. And they might. They but might. The Dodgers are going to take a bad seat to the San Diego Padres and the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets and Philadelphia Phillies. But. Because they won 111 games last year, but I still look for them to be in the playoffs. I think they will be. The Dodgers are going to get it figured out better than the Angels, that's for sure, Martin. <laughs> All right, I appreciate you, Jake. We appreciate you, Martin. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Let's get Jordan in here next. What do you say, Jordan? How's it going? Living the dream, buddy. And I wanted to call in real quick. Uh, I was listening a little bit earlier on how to get some dinner, so I don't know if you, uh, if you missed it or not. I texted you earlier. I went back and watched it a couple of times, and I could still be wrong. So I don't want to say this as a fact. I could still be wrong. But I'm pretty sure we did not have a timeout at the end of the game with 17 seconds left. I went back and counted. We'd already used all of our timeouts. And I'm pretty sure the TV broadcast and the banner on the bottom of the screen was showing that we had a timeout when we did not have a timeout. Yeah, so, we brought that up, and we pretty much just spent five minutes trashing ESPN because their production quality has went to garbage over the past few years. Yeah, I was trying to trying to confirm it. I saw somebody mention earlier because I was on the bench barn strain for not calling timeout to end the game and letting that chaos happen. So I'm going to give him a break on that one for not calling timeout because he didn't have a timeout to call. But still, in a game situation like that, that's stuff you practice. That's stuff that the players should know what's going on in that situation. A&M was shooting a free throw, shooting two before that. Zakai was not even up to get a rebound. That's the opportunity that you talk to your point guard to let your point guard know exactly what you want to do, the exact play you want to run. You should have plays scripted for those situations to know exactly what you're supposed to do. Situational so, scenarios. That's what you practice. Situ- exactly. Um, Barnes is a great program builder, a great culture builder. He recruits good kids. We don't have to worry about the situations going on in Alabama. And, and he's a really good program builder. The problem is he's not a great in-game managing coach. He's not, and that's why you see him struggle at Marshall a lot of times because he doesn't know how to manage the in-game situation. He doesn't know how to not uh, know how to manage his bench. Let's also not forget this is the same guy that when we were playing Purdue and a winner go home game in a Sweet 16 set Grant the first few minutes of overtime because he had four fouls. And that was the worst coaching decision he ever made. You do exactly. not sit the two-time SEC Player of the Year on the bench to start overtime. Exactly. It's stuff that just keeps creeping up. And uh, as I've mentioned a thousand times, I don't want to be the dead horse. We continue to try to run everything through Olivier. Towards the end, they were trying to force it Olivier again. And once again, I'm going to say he's never going to be that guy, but we continue to try to make him that guy. Um, but I, wanted to, I, I looked up a stat earlier. I want to mention one more thing. I've been seeing people uh, mention on Twitter and stuff. There's two arguments that, for me personally, I don't agree with and I absolutely hate, which is the first argument is Barnes isn't the one missing the shots. Barnes is the one missing layups, missing free throws, missing assignments. And that's a correct statement. But Barnes is also the one that recruits these kids, develops these kids, and coaches these kids. He's overall responsible for the players on the roster. 
at how they perform because he's the one that recruits those kids. You got to be careful when you say that, though, man, because then everyone's going to come at you like, oh, well, you never played the game of basketball. You never did this. You never did that. When this person telling you that has never played the game of basketball, and you are the one that actually played the game. Like, that's another thing that just chaps me is the fact that you've got all these guys are saying, oh, well, you never played the game. You don't know anything about sports. Like, okay, well, who's actually played the game here? Exactly. Exactly. He, he's responsible for that roster. So the whole argument of, and it's the same argument you see in football. Well, you know, just an example. Hoppo didn't overthrow that overthrow the ball. No, but he's responsible for the quarterback. He's responsible for recruiting a quarterback that can hit that, hit that wide receiver. Same scenario in basketball. The second argument real quick that gets brought up all the time, and I, just, I, I don't understand how people try to defend this, and I always bring up all the time that, Rick Barnes is getting paid almost $5.5 million a year, and I see this whole argument out. I don't care what he makes. You should care what he makes. He's making $5.5 million a year, which now, since Jay Wright retired, Coach K retired, uh, and Chris Beard has been fired, is now top four money overall in college basketball. Top four, $5.5 million. We're paying $5.5 million for $2.5 million results. So, he, from I went back and looked from 2008 through 2009, Till now, so go back to Texas. He is 219 and 88 in the month of November, December, and January. Outstanding. In the month of February and March, he's 101 and 88, 55 percent. His teams peak in January every single year. Last year was the only outlier that his team did not peak in January. They peaked at the end of the season. Now, I was talking to Charlie earlier. And he had a good point about, well, compare that to other coaches across the SEC because your schedule gets harder in February and March because you get in conference play. That is true. Everybody's percentage comes down once you get into conference play. But you're comparing him to coaches making two and a half, three million dollars. You're not comparing right. him to what his standard is, which is five million dollars. So if you want to compare that, let's go look at Tom Izzo. Let's go look at Calipari. Let's go look at Bill Self. They don't have that type of record in, in February and March. He's advanced out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament since 2008-2009 one time, Grand Admiral in 2019. Now, let's also not forget that one time. They blew a 20-point lead in the second half, and it had to go into overtime just to beat Iowa. I remember that because I was actually at Martinsville for that race, and we saw it in one of the haulers. They had it on the screen behind them, and we were up by 20 points, and we didn't think anything of it. And we check our phones mid-race, and – there it was. I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing? Yep, almost blew that game. So those are just some points that I keep seeing brought up every time we lose is, oh, I don't care how much you make. You should care because 99% of the people on this earth, you have to perform to what your pay rate is. If you don't perform to what your pay rate is, guess what? They're going to find somebody to do the job for less than what you make. Mm-hmm. So he's not performing to his pay rate. I'm not going to – you know, I had an issue with the whole UCLA thing. I brought that up multiple times on Twitter. I get blasted for it. They don't. Nobody cares anymore about the whole UCLA thing. That's fine. He got us for a pay raise. He wanted the five and a half million dollars. We gave him the five and a half million dollars. Well, I want five and a half million dollar results. I want elite eights. I want final fours because everybody above you who's getting paid more than you now and that you're in that class are making elite eights and making final fours and winning national championships. And we're losing in the in the first week of the NCAA tournament every year. There's people who are making less than that or that are getting those results. Yeah, uh, you you brought up a great a great guy, and I, I think I texted you uh, to him today. Scott Drew, he's mm-hmm. making three and a half million dollars at Baylor. That's two million dollars less than what we we're paying Rick, and he just won a national championship. They're on fire right now. Could possibly make a run. There's Mo- Tony Bennett at Virginia is making three and a half million dollars. So we're paying this wow. man double the amount 
of what other national championship winning coaches are making across the country, and we're getting half the result out of it. That's not a good business model to be having, saying, well, we'll pay this guy the five and a half million, but we don't care about the results. The results should matter. Now, the results should definitely matter. Jordan, we're out of time, man. We'll talk tomorrow. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, Davis. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you, Bryson. Thank you. Something else coming up next here on WKGN. It'll be all right. Tune in tomorrow for three and out right here on Fan Run Radio.